It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Where you, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson. I'm also here with Ben King. How are you doing, Ben? AJ, I, I feel the hurry up no huddle, man. That intro was so quick. I uh, I feel like I'm back at Auburn when we first started bringing in Gus Malzahn, and uh, it's good. It's a good feeling. How are you yeah. doing? I'm doing great. Uh, getting closer. We're what, three weeks away. Is that right? Very uh, much so. We're so right close. around the corner. Um, and it just means football is on TV. NFL preseason kind of stuff which again, it's great. We haven't really seen that. Like really the best thing that you have until this point has been the Canadian league and like arena football. So like you really don't get good football. And even so you could probably argue preseason isn't the greatest because you don't get like the stars out there. But anyways, speaking of preseason, we had a few of the Auburn players uh, make their debut, uh, at least in the preseason in the NFL. Uh, Carry on. If you want to go, there's plenty of great video of him. Uh, just dominating, doing what he does best, stiff arming, juking guys out, making an open field. Um, players miss him. Uh, Dan O'Carlson knocked a 57-yarder down. Uh, pretty solid start for him as well. Uh, Legatron is making his name known in the NFL. Uh, no shocker there either. Uh, <laughs> Rock Thomas. Now, okay, let's talk about Rock Thomas for a minute. This will let's be like do our, it. Because, okay, he played for Auburn what couple yep. seasons uh, there was a debate going on in our e2c discussion group uh is that person like is a person like rock thomas do you still claim them even though they transferred it's kind of like the i mean it's kind of similar to like the duke williams kind of thing but not really duke williams was like pretty much kicked off the team yeah it was a big difference so like rock thomas he just wanted to play yeah rock thomas wanted to play he's like what He's he fourth on the, on the death chart. Yeah. Okay, so do you claim a guy like Rock Thomas when he goes to the NFL, even though he played two seasons at Jack State? So I don't claim him necessarily as an Auburn guy, but because mm-hmm. of his time at Auburn, I cheer for him because he's an Auburn guy. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I don't think we necessarily made him. It wasn't anything that Auburn did that got him to the NFL. It was purely his own talent and accolades. But I definitely think that had he stayed at Auburn, and the big thing is, is you, you remember the season he transferred away, he was fourth on the depth chart, and then the next year we had Javon Robinson starting, and we had a couple other guys. One of the guys, the third string left, uh, Javon Robinson was kicked off the team. And then it yeah. would have been Rock Thomas right there fighting for the number one spot. So, unfortunately, it was just uh, yeah. a timing thing. Yeah. And uh, I think if he had stayed, he would have been great. But, for sure. 
you know, he went to Jacksonville State. He did a great job there. Yep. And, you know, he's crushing in the NFL right now. So I'm really happy for him. And regardless of if we can claim him or not, I don't think it necessarily matters because I feel like the way that he left Auburn, he was, you know, ever so thankful of his time there. For and sure. he definitely still felt like an Auburn guy. So I still feel like he's an Auburn guy to me. Yeah, yeah. And even one of our uh, followers on Twitter, when we posted this poll, do you claim Rock Thomas, uh, even though he hasn't played for Auburn since, what, 2014, I think, was his last season, maybe 2015? And somebody pulled up an old article of his uh, or uh, that had mentioned him when he left. And it was an Instagram post uh, that he left, and and he just simply said, loved every minute of it, War Eagle forever and ever. Yep. And it's... That's the kind of like that's a good like he's he he understands like Auburn played a crucial role. It's kind of like in a business world, uh, the you may take a job for a short time, and then you go take a job at a different company. Doesn't mean you hated the uh, the first company. It just means the opportunity was elsewhere. So that's oh, yeah. where you want to. I mean, great example. I started working for Stanley Black and Decker. My garage is still full of Dewalt power tools. Yeah. I called on Home Depot and came inside at Home Depot because, you know, I love the company. I still think Stanley Black and Decker's, you know, makes the best tools. We sell them. Yep. I use them every weekend. Yeah. All your many tasks and things that your wife has you do. Yep. Uh, yeah, but our poll ended up being pretty even, um, considering I would consider Rock Thomas to be part of, like, do I root for him? Yes. Do I claim him as an Auburn guy? That's where I'm like, I don't know. Um, I think he's an Auburn man without being Auburn-made. Okay. What do you mean because, by Auburn-made? Because a lot of the guys, so like Daniel Carlson. Daniel Carlson is Auburn-made because of the time that he spent with us and the the uh, the record he has and the accolades that he built under Auburn University. So like okay. all the records and everything. That's because of his time at Auburn. Like Cam Newton winning the Heisman at Auburn. Yep. He's like an Auburn-made Heisman Trophy winner. That's kind of how I see it. So like the time that you spend and the place you graduate from or the place you leave to go pro, that's kind of what built you. Yeah. I think Rock Thomas, he didn't really flourish until he went to Jacksonville State. Yeah. So Jacksonville State made his career. Yeah. And in the two years that he spent there... I think he had around 800 yards his first year there and then had over 1,000 yards uh, rushing the second season. Uh, that's the kind of numbers that if he had stayed at Auburn, sure, he probably would have gotten it. But I was, we also, at the same time, understand he probably looked at the situation at the time yep. and said, I'm not going to get any play time the next season because of just how much depth there is. Yeah, at if the he time had stayed, he would have been number one. I think so. Yeah, but uh, – then we wouldn't be having this conversation. So I guess uh, I guess yeah. it worked out. Yeah, and we still love Rock Thomas. I mean, I'm going to be keeping an eye on him uh, in the NFL, just like any of the most recent Auburn people that went, like Carlson Davis. Um, he's getting on my be fantasy cool. team this year. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, he's probably going to make some. I mean, as a freshman or maybe as a rookie in the NFL, he's probably going to be causing a lot of deflections like that's what he was pretty well known for sticking on guys uh pretty much causing havoc um yeah he's gonna be a fun one to watch all right let's talk about some fall camp there has been another full week of fall camp uh that 
Auburn's been through. They even had a scrimmage uh, on Thursday. There was fan day. Um, they still have five more practices or maybe less, depending on when you listen to this. Um, we're getting pretty close to we're, – we're, we're getting ready for preparing solely for the Washington game. Uh, there's a lot of things happening, a lot of great information now that the scrimmage has come out. Um, or they had the scrimmage. There's uh, Kevin Steele, uh, Chip Lindsey, uh, Gus talked about it. I mean, there's there's lots of great stuff to talk about. So let's just hit I on some like of the high notes. Being really open this year. Yes. And I I don't think we're really hiding anything. Maybe because everyone basically knows what we have. You know, the only questions I think that still lingering is like offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um. And they were still kind of up in it. the air about like who's playing what position. Yeah. Uh, in the absence of one player uh, with injury, what do we do with that? Uh, like, there's there's things that go on. Like when Calvin Ashley had the head slash neck injury in the yeah. scrimmage. You, you I, I freaked out a little know. bit. Yeah, you did. You posted <laughs> in our group, and you're like, oh, "Crap, this is not good." I was like, like "No, that's yeah, the one area I don't want anything to happen." <laughs> so true um ben what's your your feeling based on what you've listened to uh from the different coaches um okay so they're open like what else are you feeling about the coaches this season that may be a little bit different from last season well i think it's more you know everyone's settled in they've all had a few years under their belt now at this point and the consistency and being able to to congeal as a coaching staff has been huge. Congealed salad. <laughs> That's right. It's like Jello, right? It's like a packet of stuff, and you mix it with water, and then it doesn't really do anything until you let it sit. You let it sit for a bit, and it makes a delicious Ooh. treat. <laughs> Get ready to eat the national I've never heard that this one. year. <laughs> I'm right here making analogies. I'm taking you to school. But I think the the fact that we have, you know. A coaching staff that has had very little changes. The only changes we had were really necessary, and it was almost a blessing type deal. It was like when mm-hmm. Rhett, Rhett Lashley left. That was like a, I was like, oh gosh, we lost Rhett. Like, mm, I don't, I don't know if it was like a, uh, you probably need to go find somewhere because we're hiring someone new. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I took it. Yeah, me it, too. People may disagree. I, I don't care. What it, we weren't going anywhere under Rhett. So go to UConn, have a good time. Bring in yep. Chip Lindsay. Chip Lindsay's now had a season under his belt. Everyone's really congealing together. The recruiting has been fantastic. And the fact that we've had such a good group of coaches that have been consistent has also shown up with the amount of talent we've been able to bring in. Because regardless of where we are within you know, the rankings of the talent, the players are already stepping up and making plays. And the crazy thing, I guess, about this preseason than most preseasons that I have heard is you don't usually hear about the freshmen just making massive plays and just stepping up and and being ballers and I don't know if if there is a specific tone that the coaches are going after to try to take away from something else like a look at these guys don't look over here I don't know if that's what's going on because it's just weird that we have so many freshmen so much freshman talent with a team that's already stacked of veteran players coming in and making plays left and right. A great example of that is the wide receiver core that keeps getting we have like nine deeds, and we we were already pumped, like really really pumped about the wide receivers that were coming back 
yes, we had injuries. But even without the injuries, you have such great wide receivers coming back. And then you have, on top of that, Shedrick Jackson, uh, Matthew Hill, and Seth Williams. I'm just like, are are, are they, like, overhyping? I mean, it's weird for a coaching staff to be talking so highly. And even the players, when they're interviewed, yeah, sure, you, like, name drop every once in a while. But that that seems to be, like, the commonplace now. You talk about all the fantastic newcomers. And there's so many new great newcomers, according to what this is happening. You still got to, like, temper it a little bit because they are freshmen. You haven't seen them in a college football game. It is different. Uh, there's a different intensity, a different uh, feel to a college football game where 70-plus thousand people are watching your what you do versus yep. in college or in high school where it's only a few thousand that are watching you. It's, it's different. Um, so there's a big transition, but things are looking up for that. Um, okay. Let's talk about Kevin Steele and like what he's doing on defense. One of the things, or I guess the three kind of takeaways I got from it, he, his guys have tons of high energy, uh, flying around, getting to the ball. Uh, second thing is they, they have great football IQ. Um, and that's great because there's a lot of things in the past two years um, where he's been coaching a lot of these guys that need to be retained uh, for this defense to again be a top 10 defense uh, that is crucial the third thing is the communication defense Ben you and I playing defense uh, in football before yep we know communication is key you need to know what coverage you're in uh, what defensive set you're in there's a lot of communication that goes on and from what what I'm hearing and I fully believe it just based on the guys that we have and the leadership, especially at the linebacker core, having three linebackers that are seniors, that's the, they're pretty much the quarterbacks of the defense. Well, that you, makes me excited. There was a, a great, I guess uh, Deshaun Davis got some press time uh, this past week and man, to listen to him talk about the offense and the defense yeah, like on both sides, from his his perception, the guy knows exactly what's going on at all times. Yeah, and that's fantastic to have, you know, in your leadership on the defensive side of the ball, and also the secondary that we had a lot of guys. If we had any holes, that may be where it was. He's saying that you know we're loaded up again and going to be really dominant. And I just see the defense being. No matter how much talent we have on offense coming back, the defense may even still be stronger. And that's mm. crazy. Yeah. That's really crazy. When you have every single wide receiver you had last year come back, you have a slew of running backs that are excellent, and you have a tenured quarterback who knows the game, and your defense is still like top-notch. That That's why no matter how bad our schedule is this year, we're going to have a great season. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about Chip Lindsey. We, we've had him one year. This is his second year as offensive coordinator at Auburn. Uh, 2017 was a fantastic year for him. Uh, okay, let's look at the passing yardage. He's only the eighth team, or to coach the eighth team in SEC history, to rush and pass for more than 3,000 yards in one season. Only the eighth team of all time. And the SEC. Yeah, well, don't look for that again, because I would say we're going to have 5,000 passing yards this year. (laughs) 
Like, from... I'm sure we're going to run first. Yeah. yeah we'll and then well. we're just going to air it out. If we have the wide receivers like we think we do, and mm-hmm. I think we do have them, you're probably right. Uh, still pretty incre- just pretty incredible that we can have that. But that's just kind of like to have him first year to come out and do that. Uh, I think one of the most great incredible start. things about it, too, is the amount of trust that Gus puts in to Chip Lindsey. Yeah. Because... Do you think... Okay, wait. Before you go into that, I was just like, without Rhett... You know how we had that transition with Rhett. Yep. Without Rhett leaving and Gus seeing he needs somebody, or even while Rhett was there, he, I'm pretty sure he saw he needed a, a completely new mindset coming in. Yep. Without Rhett, do you think we would have gotten to a place like Chip Lindsay? Without Rhett? Like, do I think uh, the building blocks helped? Yes. I mean, I, I think you could plug really anyone into that position. I... I think that it took Gus learning that he really needed to have someone that he could trust and that could run the offense for him mm-hmm. in the way that he wanted it run versus him just having hands-on approach all the time. Yeah. And that's really where the you know, the big leaps and bounds have come from because hmm. even listening to like Gus's press conference, there were a couple questions asked where last year Gus may have known the answer and wouldn't tell you this year. He just didn't know. He's like, yeah. I don't remember that. That it is. I, I was watching this guy. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And for him to be, cause he was so zoned in on the offense the past few years. Yeah. He knew and was dissecting every single thing. He's not doing that anymore. He really is taking a holistic approach to the team. And that's what you need a head coach to be doing. Mm-hmm. And, I just think it's fantastic that Chip Lindsay is the kind of coordinator that he is, that Gus can put so much faith into him to run really Gus's side of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And Gus has such knowledge of it. You have to be, you don't have to obviously do what Gus says, but understand Gus still has a huge hand in what the offense is going to do and how it's going to look. Um, so uh, I'm just excited that he's coming back. I mean, there there was tons of talk at the end of last season. Both Chip, Lindsey, and uh, Kevin Steele were both going to leave the program. Uh, I mean, they're probably just playing, seeing out their options and maybe whether or not they want to admit it, they may be like, trying to get a better if, deal. If Auburn, Auburn can pay Gus $7 million a year, yeah, they can pay these amazing coordinators. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we we were looking up tuition costs the other day. Tuition has gone up like $1,000 since the time we were in school for in-state. So I know there's inflation and everything, but pay the coordinators. Yeah. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. They're the ones uh, getting down and uh, not as much as the uh, position coaches, but they're they're in the mix of it all. Um, They need to... Yeah, I'm fine with the assistants getting paid pretty well, and uh, both of them are getting paid pretty well uh, for being uh, coordinators. Uh, ben, what what was your takeaway from hearing about all the scrimmage going on? Um, let's talk about offense first. Um, there were three interceptions in the scrimmage. None were Jarrett. Not a big surprise there. Uh, who do you think those interceptions were from? I mean, we have our our guesses they're not probably going to ever come out and say it was this player that had this interception and the other player had the other but like if you had to guess who do you think it would be well based on the spring game 
It could be either Willis or Gatewood. (laughs) (laughs) Like, say, and I'm not, I don't even want to say it. Say for whatever reason, Jarrett wasn't playing. Mm -hmm. I would be alarmed to see who we'd put in at second. So, like, say we want to do, you know, that we we get up really high. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, let's uh, let's keep the shutout. Let's not throw a pick six. Yep. And we put in, like, Willis or Gatewood. I'm going to be mm-hmm. like, run the ball, boys. Run the ball. <laughs> yeah. Don't put it in the air uh-uh. where it can get picked off. Yes. Because uh, no hate against either of the guys. I know they're learning. It, it's not necessarily their – I mean, especially A-Day. A-Day is not built for a po- – it's, it's built for a pocket passer. It's not built for a mobile quarterback. Yeah. You can't make the type of moves that you want to to, to make the plays – when you're running a day type scrimmage. And, and at that point, the defense knows pretty much what you're going to throw at them anyways. Yeah, like, that's it's, true. It's not like they have all the tricky fun plays out there. Um, it, it's pretty standard cut and dry. Here's the 30 plays that offense is going to run. But even and we're so, gonna run every, every one. if it's standard, can you please hit the guy in the numbers and not <laughs> throw it 10 feet over his head? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, um, I want Southball to be throwing quarterback if uh, if we get in a situation like that. Yeah. I don't know if he's a lefty or not. Cord, yeah, Cord Sanbury is a lefty. Is he? Yeah, he is. Oh, I just pulled that out. Southball. No, you're right. You're That's right. his name now. Um, yeah, he's. I would. I, I kind of agree with you when it comes to. I mean, even like seven or eight games in, because Cord seems to be a pretty smart, mature type of guy. Just from being in the minors, I would. I would almost put if he gets some uh, good practice, especially early on. If we really need to bring him in, I would almost bring him in before somebody like Malik Willis, because you, you, I have a feeling you're going to know what you're going to get out of Cord Sandberg. Malik Willis, you may get a breakaway seventy-yard run, but you may also get two picks yeah. and pick six in the game. If this season works out the way I think it's going to, where we're just going to be airing the ball out left and right. Malik Willis is not the answer to that type of play. I could really honestly see Jarrett just passing. You know, what Last year, he passed 3,100 yards, a little bit over that. And people were saying that was kind of low for him, which uh, you look at his passing and how good of a passer he is, sure, he can get a lot more passing yards. That's going to do it for part one of Ben and AJ on No Huddle discussing the first scrimmage of fall practice for the Auburn Tiger football team. Be sure to check out part two when it drops. Before you leave us for the day, I want to remind you of a couple of themes coming up pretty soon here. We're going to have a special sale on our T Public account where you can get the E2C Network logo on some really cool and very soft, might I add, t-shirts there. The sale will be running August 15th through the 18th. This is your chance for a good price to get a quality shirt with, let's face it, a really cool logo as well. Make sure you go visit E2Cnetwork.com where you can find everything, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. You can download all episodes from the E2C Network on SoundCloud, Google Play, and even iTunes. And I want to thank each and every one of you for taking some time to listen to the show. It means so much to us that you would take a few minutes out of your day to hear what we have to say about our favorite team, the Auburn Tigers. As we leave, I want to remind you that here at the Network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?